back to another episode of Force Proximity. We're a husband and wife team that reads romance books and watches romance movies. I'm romance reader Jonathan, and with me is my romance writer wife, Megan. That's kind of hard. That's a mouthful. It is. You did a good job saying that. (laughs) This week's book episode features How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. Now, before we get into the episode, we have a challenge for the podcast, as well as you, our dear listeners. Ooh, okay. Let's, as well as me, because I'm I am unaware of this challenge, but I'm well. I'm here there's for nothing it. you can do about it. It's on them. Okay, our listeners. Let's get Force Proximity 100 ratings. Okay, by June 1st. Ooh, let's do it. June 1st. That's more than enough time. Yeah. All you have to do is click a five star on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. Well, I think Apple's the only one that has ratings. No, I was looking at the other Pandora ones. has thumbs up, thumbs down. So if well, you listen on Pandora. Well, give us a Pandora, thumbs up. Yeah. Just get 100 thumbs up on Pandora if you listen on that. I'll even take like a, a what is it, aggregate, a, a cumulative 100. Yeah, absolutely. So if we can get, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, right when you hit <laughs> listen, just hit the icon for our show. It has a new logo, by the way, that Megan did a great job on. And just give that. It's just, our temporary logo because we're getting it professionally done. Give that five. Just click that fifth star. Yeah. Don't even worry about writing anything. You can if you want, but just give that fifth star. We yeah. Ratings get... count just as much as reviews. Yeah. We... So you don't have to write anything. Just review it. Even if you don't like it. us, just give us a five and say you suck. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think people would be willing to do that. I know. they'd be, you know. I was joking. I know you were, but I'm like leaning into the joke and thinking about how it would actually play out. <laughs> if you do want to ask us any questions, you can do that in the review section of Apple Podcasts or DM us on Instagram at Force Proximity Podcast. All right. So, how to fail at flirting? No. That's what the book is called. Yeah, but we have stuff first, right? Yeah. Oh, you're doing your stuff first? No, you should do the trivia first. I thought so. Yeah. Okay, I have trivia. Um, It's not the trivia that I wanted. Okay. But that trivia doesn't trivia exist. trivia needed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this book takes place in a Chicago higher institution where things are kind of not functioning yeah, at their, uh, like, you know, they could function a little bit better in this yeah. small university. So I really wanted to do, and in light of the college admissions scandal show on Netflix, I really wanted to do a trivia about college admissions scandals or oh college scandals or anything like that. I couldn't find one. Are you trying to aggravate me? Were you trying to aggravate? Kind of. I watched that movie and I was so, <laughs> like, for hour, however long that movie was, I was furious. <laughs> So mad, like wanting to bring back the guillotine. That's how mad I was. <laughs> All right. So the um, the closest I could come is how well do you know Chicago? I don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured we could learn about Chicago. We live two hours away. I've never been there. I know. And it's not one of those things where like you've I've lived there. We've lived here for like four and a half, five years. And we're super busy. 
not a huge fan of Chicago. How do we know? We've never been there. You know, okay, <laughs> I am a huge fan of Alaska. I'm a huge fan of New Orleans. I'm a huge fan of a lot of places that I have never set foot in. And all my life, people have been telling me I would really like Chicago. And I just look at it and I just don't, I'm not into it. It doesn't, nothing draws me. Like, like the Gertrude Stein phrase, there's, there's no there there. Is the cat bringing you the toy? No, it's Mango because she rammed into the door. (laughs) <laughs> and then her foot was underneath the door. I thought that was um, Sarabi's snake No, it's Mango. Toy. It was her foot. We have weird cats. <laughs> Mango throws her body against the door when she wants to come inside somewhere. And Sarabi plays fetch with this toy snake she has. That's actually um, like a a fidget toy for yeah. ADHD kids. <laughs> I I think I'd like Chicago. I love New Orleans. I love New York. I love a friend of mine who lives in Chicago, and that is it. I I mean, I appreciate something about it. Like if you like it, fine. I I don't want it. I don't want you to dislike it. Yeah. I always think I the way don't... I think you should dislike the <laughs> desert. I always think I don't like cities. Like when we go to New York, mm-hmm. the first day I'm like, oh my God, this is a lot of people. Oh my God. And then the second day's like all right, I get it. <laughs> I get why I really love this place. <laughs> I just feel like what that what I like to do when I'm in a city is go shopping. And I can do that on the outskirts of town and like like put all my packages into a car and drive to the next store. So I am at the point in my life where I just want convenience. I don't care about novelty. I just want, you know, I want to go and buy my stuff from the big store, put it in my car, and then just have it. I don't want to walk around town carrying bags of stuff. I don't like to have adventures. I don't enjoy experiences. I just like to accrue things. And that's my hobby. And so, and we're opposite. Where I don't really care about things. No. And I like the adventures. and I, But I also don't like... I don't want to say I hate traveling, but at this point in my life, I just, to me, if I'm not going to be there for at least like a year, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't either. It like, seems like a waste of money. I know. Like, and I don't want to go somewhere. It's like, this place is awesome. I love this place. Like, no, you love vacation, this place. Right. Vacation, this place is awesome because you have nothing to do. Except yeah. everything you want. Plus, I, I feel like there are, were such few times in my life where I've lived in a place that I liked that I I went on vacation and I really wanted to go back home. Like the thought of going back home, like just, you know, how you're on vacation. It's like, well, th- you know, France was nice, but I'm like, I'm kind of tired. I can't wait to go home, start my routine again. No, France is nice. I want to move here. And I never want to set foot in my house again. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when I went to London, it was great. I was yeah. 19, no parents, with a bunch of other like 18 to 21 year olds. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. 
by the eighth day, I was like, I'm ready to be home. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I'm ready to be home. I'm ready for only- a steak. I'm ready for not England. <laughs> oh, see, England is like, I feel like my blood like calls me back to my ancestral lands. And I feel like just the thought, like just the word England feels like my home. Yeah. Like I don't get that same sense with America or USA or whatever. And I don't I don't know why. I mean, my family has been here since some of my family came over here on the Mayflower. So you'd think I'd be really invested in this American life, but I'm I'm just not. The only place I've ever been that like where you're describing for England. Yeah. Is where would you think for me? New Orleans. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see. I love New Orleans. I even love like the gritty section of New Orleans. I love like the like the boring, basic mainstream parts of New Orleans like that. All of it just appeals to me, except the humidity. I can't. Yeah, I could deal with it. You could? Well, let's move there because I could deal with it too. I mean, I could. At least it has culture. It's like Florida has all that humidity, but there's no culture. It's the the culture is like pornography and extreme wealth, but just, you know, basic nothingness. Like you have all this money, but you have no taste. So you just do what everybody else is doing. Uh, So I like I despise Florida. I mean, that is not new. I feel like I like (laughs) that's not new to our listeners because any I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, diss Florida. It just naturally comes out because of my like disdain for that entire like penis of a state. And I hate the heat, but something about New Orleans. But exactly. There's other places I'd rather live than New Orleans. Um, uh, I, I could sh- live you know in Charleston. What? That's pretty humid. I I take it back. That's not the only place I've been to that I that I felt a calling to. Yeah. The and this place was f- first and probably more so is um, Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. I've never been there. I've never been to the New England mountains. I, I've oh, only been to maybe <laughs> places outside Boston. <laughs> It's it's really weird. Maybe maybe if I went to Paris or France, I wouldn't want to leave because the two places I just mentioned are, are both French. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Vermont is France the same. Mm. It's not. It just it's just a French word. It's a French word. There were trappers like in yeah. the 1600s. That is so far back. They're they, more Quebecois than they are and French. yeah, they didn't retain their French culture no. because the trappers that went over there were not like you know, like the Enlightenment elite of France. No, no, <laughs> they're they're definitely. They didn't like, espouse French culture. They were like, let's get out of this stinking country and go catch beaver yeah they had like an american canadian spirit about them i think if you went to quebec city you'd have the same feeling of of paris but i it seems so gray and not like like england gray i could deal with that because it's just has such a vibrant plus i'm a gardener so and that's like the number one hobby of england yeah that's true (laughs) um 
So I feel like there's just so much beauty. I love the... Um, I, it did seem like everyone had like a beautiful garden there. Yeah. Like, when I was there. You can grow anything there. Like the climate and because of the whatever, the winds, whatever winds they get, the special kind of named wind. I forgot. Was it the, the Gulf Stream the or something? Gulf Stream, Jet Stream, something yeah. stream. Yeah, they can grow anything there. So, like, you think of it as this cold, dreary place, but it's not that cold. It's not like as cold as here. And uh, you can grow palm trees. It's amazing. We can't grow anything here. Yeah. Um, All right. How, so, anyway. How well do I know Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> so well that we want to talk about everywhere but Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems super gray to me. Like there's no color in Chicago. All right. Number one, the name Chicago comes from Native American name Chicagua, meaning A, chicken farmer, B, place of high winds, <laughs> C, chilly water, or D, the place of the wild onion. I'm going to go with B. No. What? It's the place of the wild onion. Really? Yeah. And Okay. I don't know. I haven't found a lot of wild onions near the us. The Oddish. The Oddish. <laughs> um, who built the first grain reaper, dubbed the Mechanical Man? Was it <laughs> Eli Whitney? <laughs> well, he's the choice. The he's B. The Mechanical Man. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> dubbed the Mechanical Man. A. Benjamin Franklin. B. No. Eli Whitney. No. C, Thomas Edison, no. or D, Cyrus McCormick? I'm going to go with D. Yeah, you're right. The most... <laughs> Obvious one. <laughs> boring answer. Yeah. Um, In the years before, like, Michigan was well-filtered, what did some unlucky Chicagoans find in their tap water? Oh, my gosh. A, minnows, B, arsenic, C, gasoline, or D, pieces of rubber? D. No, it's minnows. Minnows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. Um, in what year did the fire destroy the city? 1818, 1871, 1876, or 1929? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to... Can I strike out 1929? Yeah. Would I be God, right? That would just be like the suckiest year. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right to strike that out. What were my other choices? Uh, Regency times. Can you tell 1814, me? 1814, 1871, 1876. Uh, 71. Yeah. 1814 sounds too early. I guessed right because I've seen pictures of women wearing dresses from 1871. I, I got it right and didn't see any pictures. True. And the pictures wouldn't have helped me. <laughs> um, who, after the fire, who donated books to the people of Chicago? The people of Japan, Andrew Carnegie, Engve Malmstein, <laughs> Queen Victoria, or Ulysses Grant? Uh, Ulysses Grant. Queen Victoria. Oh, okay. Fine. I know. Surprises me. She did one good thing. Um, hmm. Which of the following products were not made from leftover animal parts in Chicago slaughterhouses? <laughs> this is my kind of question. Okay. A, tennis racket strings. B, no. paintbrushes. Mm. C, beer pails. Or D, soap. 
Well, it's uh, soap is obviously something that came out of there. Yeah. As is tennis racket strings. Yeah. Because, you know, the guts. Beer? Yeah, it's beer pails. That's, that's so just, just metal. That's just metal or it's wood, like, fashioned to get them burned yeah. on the inside. Right. And paintbrushes, you know, obviously the hair of whatever yeah. animal you're slaughtering. Um, We have two more. Okay. By the late 19th century, trains no longer ran through Chicago to other destinations. They... This is a dumb question. They all stopped at A, the Loop, B, the Levee, C, Lake Michigan, or D, Packingtown. The Loop? Yeah. Did you know that? No. I've never heard of the Loop. I, I've heard of it. Every time I like, like go on Home Depot or Best Buy or something and yeah. I put my thing, the Loop is always one of the, like the first thing that comes up as a cho- like a choice for a destination. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What was Mickey Finn, a bartender in the Levy District, known for? A, his signature whiskey sours. B, pouring four drinks at once. C, slipping knockout drops into patrons' drinks, then robbing <laughs> them. Or D, his deep tenor singing voice. I'll go with D. No. C. Yes. <laughs> Either slipping the best. a Mickey. Okay. That's where it comes from. Okay, so it's either the best thing or the worst thing. <laughs> so oh, that's slipping a Mickey. So we learned something. There you go. Good for us. There you go. <laughs> that, that was fun. I did better on that than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah, you did really well. All right, how to fla- flail? Flail. How to flail? <laughs> a f- how to flail a flirting? How to fail at flirting by Denise Williams? All right, flail you ready? Flail is also pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. Kaya is a Kaya like papaya. Yeah. Kaya is a Naya. Ma- Isn't it Naya? Naya, yeah. I knew something was wrong <laughs> when I was Naya. Naya, not Kaya. Naya is a math professor who is a in a bit of a lull in every aspect of her life. Her career just doesn't feel fulfilling. Her social life does not exist. And she is in fear of her department being cut. After after the university brought in consultants to determine which departments are efficient and which are not, Naya's friend Felicia and her husband Aaron are brutally honest with her, and give her a challenge to help grease the wheels of her life. That's good. Naya and Felicia were supposed to begin this challenge together with the girls' night out, but Felicia was on emergency mom duty, leaving Naya in the trenches taking grenades alone. <laughs> Naya, up for the challenge, tries flirting with the bartender, only for him to ogle the bachelorette party on the other end of the bar. All of a sudden, a dapper gentleman appears, and they begin a conversation, which leads to more drinks, which leads to a night on the town, which leads to his hotel room, and right when the sexy time's about to start, Naya throws up. (laughs) (laughs) Fails at flirting. Yep. Turns out our handsome hero, Jake, is not deterred by Naya getting sick and continues to flirt and send texts and do all the stuff that you do at the beginning of a relationship that's fun and where's this going? Mm -hmm. Everything's going great until Naya is at a social event for work, which included the consultant agency that holds her career in the balance. Mm -hmm. The heavy hitters from the firm take the stage and our hero Jake is among them. (gasps) 
Despite the obvious conflict of interest, the two give it a go. An amazing story unfolds. You ready? This is the worst one. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You might be grossed out. Oh, no. (laughs) Naya may be the professor, but Jake is the one given the D. (laughs) I like that. That's not gross. You can't gross me out unless it involves, like... Anything that comes out of the butt. No. I don't. I wouldn't go there with you. Thank you. That is not this kind of podcast. <laughs> we Although, don't do poop jokes. <laughs> I'll do poop jokes. No. Everything else. Everything else is game. I, th- I didn't know if you would like that one. Oh, no. I like it. <laughs> you need to write my blurbs. I need. I'm yeah. just going to like. That'll cost you. <laughs> okay, you get you get a portion of my proceeds. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. So, what you think of how to fail at flirting? I loved it. Me too. I like this book is really. I after I read it, I like forgot everything except for the like the floaty feeling that it gave me while I was reading it. Um. So I'm not going to be able to talk about this very well. And I apologize for that because it needs to be talked about very well. Um, But I've read a string of really bad books lately that are coming out of um, coming out of like major like the big five publishing houses. So I'm not even talking about indie authors who are, you know, doing their the best that they possibly can to stay afloat, Mm -hmm. i.e. me and my friends. I'm talking about, you know, these books that are just like in Oprah magazine as the what to read in 2020, what to read in 2021, like best of romance books. (laughs) The cat is turning herself into a battering ram. The cat is Shall we just let her in? Nuts. Just let her in. Well, you let her in. I'm going to continue talking. Um, how to fail at flirting it doesn't have any of the the overblown language that all of these other books have um and i so i can't if i describe the language that i'm talking about i picked up the i've picked up one book after how to fail at flirting and it was like this, it was like a mixed metaphor. Something was described, like something was likened to, likened to grain alcohol. It's like something is so, I don't know, like a feeling was fermented in her stomach as if it was grain alcohol. But the book is about a, a, a socialite. And this is the one who's thinking it in her head. So it's from her voice, the socialite's voice. It's like, you're not at a bar. You're not, you know, this book is not centered on a distillery or brewery. There's nothing about alcohol in this book. Why? Just such a weird reference to choose. Why is that in there? And then... And then there are all these other mixed metaphors. And it's just, this book was so voicey. That I could, I actually, 
I actually loved it at the end because after the first two chapters, that voiciness like really got cut out. So it was like the editor told the the author to go like really hard in the paint off of just, you know, just throw all the extra words in there in the first few chapters. I hate this particular editor, by the way. Um, and like all of her books do this, like they're just it's too much. It's too many words, too many mixed metaphors. Like it's so much so that like logic doesn't even enter into the words that are written. Like the phrases don't make any logical sense and they don't do anything to really like, you know, settle into the story. So then I the next uh, the next book I picked up because I just rented like 10 rom-coms from the library to try to narrow down what we were going to do next. Mm -hmm. The next book was a historical romance that has like a really cutesy rom-com cover that's illustrated. And I thought, well, I'm really excited for this. And I think it's going to be really good because the blurb sounds good. Um, and it's about women scientists in the early Victorian era. And they, and there was a line in the first chapter, like, as you know, we women of science cannot, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ugh. That is so obvious. I I just don't understand how that that line, how these lines, like these lines make me put a book down. And I'm really harsh on books. I don't finish most of the books that I pick up. You have to really be doing something special for me to keep reading a book. And then for me to finish a book and then love it, you've got to, you have to be a really nuanced writer and who I don't even think it's like the writer's craft. I think you just have to be self-aware and mm -hmm. I think you have to be aware. You have to be a really great observer of human behavior and, and know when to pull back because sometimes you can be all of those things, but you just go, you know, too hard in the paint yeah. and it becomes overblown. And it's like, this doesn't even make any sense at this point. So how is this book this, better? This book is nuanced. Okay. So you have this. I'm reading a lot of books lately that have um, a kind of um, an, a heroine that lacks confidence. But she really... Like the author hasn't given her a reason to lack confidence. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, it's it's that somebody once told her she wasn't pretty enough and therefore she never felt like she was good enough. <laughs> and Sorry, there's a cat on Jonathan. And it's just odd because cats are new to this house. <laughs> this, this cat is just desperate for pets. Um, you can probably hear her purring. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so don't get distracted by the cat. What was I saying? I got distracted I by the cat. <laughs> oh. Denise Williams, I'm sorry. There's a cat in the room. You just can't compare because I have ADHD. <laughs> um what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, so many times recently you have, you know, this um, 
non-self-assured heroine, but it just doesn't really make any sense why she has no mm-hmm. confidence and why she's so awkward. This one and, did. Yeah. This one made sense. It made sense. And uh, I and it, I, I can't like speak as much as you can for like all the writing style yeah. and stuff because I just don't know right. I'm a writer. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not always coming at this from a writer. I, I know, but just the fact that you are a writer, you have more insight and the fact you are this is your area like your history english yeah that's not my right area so right. it's like i i don't know art but i know what i like that's well, that's what it is for yes. me and for for me the writing style felt like the way she was speaking mm-hmm. i really liked it i enjoyed like reading what she wrote yeah and the pacing was right it was fantastic like Awesome. That's really funny that you mention it because I was reading reviews of How to Fail at Flirting. I'm wondering why people weren't shouting this from the roof rooftops. And Kirkus reviews like are a bunch of bitches most of the time. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> Kirkus reviews I just don't I don't agree with most of their determinations for what makes a good romance. Um but I read Kirkus reviews, like the headline is like it's it's an okay story with pacing that's that lags. What? I yes, I'm like, wait a minute, never ever does the pacing lag. I could no. not put this book down. Like I I couldn't like, I couldn't get these words into my brain fast enough. And I am never like that. And it's because the writing was so expertly crafted, and I felt like there were no lags. I just felt like it wasn't as over the top as we're used to. It's more nuanced. It's more subtle, yeah. which it, which makes sense because these characters are in their 30s. They're successful at their careers. They're not these like idiotic 20-year-olds who are just bumbling through life. They have real issues and they have good reasons for them. And, you know, even... Even if you don't have good reasons, there's a lot of reasons why you might not have the self-confidence that the world thinks you should have. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're older, that's going to be expressed differently um, and in more subtle ways than like a woman in her 30s is going to be she might not have confidence but it's just going to be i don't it's going to look a little more little bit more confident than a woman in her 20s who might you know really like cower and you know hide herself and you know slump her shoulders and i mean a woman in her 30s you're kind of past that you might not be completely sure about the guy next to you and whether or not he's flirting with you but but you've had enough success in your career or whatever it is that you're not like this like simpering little idiot. And I feel like Kirkus Reviews didn't understand <laughs> that subtlety. Yeah. This, this book is subtle. I And I think that's why I loved it so much because it um, – I, I feel like she gets human nature much better. She that, made it it's more realistic. There it is. Yeah. It was realistic. <laughs> yeah. 
Like you could feel these characters. Like I know not Naya. Naya like a papaya, as she says. Yep. And I know Jake. Jake says that. Naya like a papaya. Yeah. Well and for me, I I only give myself like thirty to forty minutes in the morning to read. Yeah. And a lot of times like, oh, this is taking forever. <laughs> Cause I, you know, I make my breakfast, I eat. Mm-hmm. After I eat, while I'm eating, I'll watch some like news YouTube videos. Yeah. And then I'll read. Mm-hmm. And then I go downstairs and I come downstairs. We're downstairs right now. Yeah. I come downstairs and do my kettlebells and I go to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I skipped a lot of kettlebell workouts this week. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because you liked the Cause book. Because I kept reading. See, that's I think that's... For you, I really think that's the mark of a good book. Yeah. That's, that's the mark of an entertaining book. For me, but yeah, I was losing a lot of sleep because I couldn't stop reading this at night because I read at night and then I think, oh, and we read this in paperback and both of us don't even like reading paperback. I, I don't we like, anymore. We like reading the, on the Kindle. And uh, for me, like I had to put on my glasses to read this teeny tiny print mm-hmm. and I like I just couldn't stop reading. It was just so perfect. It's. Um, and I haven't liked a book this much since Kate Claiborne's Love Lettering. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of that. But to me, this had the same just like low key, like vibe of perfection. I will, is, it's just. And I'll say that the two are similar because they're very, very realistic. Yeah. And, you know, what worked for you. Of that being realistic and then being older and having real lives. Yeah. And not just being these young people that are trying to figure things out. That's what, that's also what worked for me. I said that I love that the heroine and the hero were older and, and I love that Jake was so mature. Yes. He was, he was like Bill Hader and Trainwreck. And Bill Hader and Trainwreck is like the gold standard for heroes. Yes. I think. I agree. And Jake totally read like that character. Ah, I didn't I didn't see that, but no kind of. I didn't see him because I thought of Jake as more of a um like a conventionally attractive guy. So, um and Bill Hader is not Okay. <laughs> By any well, definition. Okay, fine. So I thought for me the big thing about Bill Hader's character is that he's this unconventional looking person who is normally you know expressed as a character as this like dweeby guy with no confidence who just like is that simpering little idiot who if any woman pays him attention to pays attention to him he's gonna either run because he's so scared or he's gonna like really go out of his way (sighs) cats in the ceiling um, well, I wasn't I wasn't thinking as far as like physical, just his okay. his emotional and his personality. Yes. What it reminded me of that. Okay. But but to me the big thing about the hallmark about Bill Hader in Trainwreck is that he doesn't go where you think he's going to go. And to me Jake he's just he's the character that people like in Rafe. 
like for that fluffy, like he does not give the woman any problem. Like it's just a very fluffy, very grown book. Um, But it's not like, you know, all about the sex in this. Yeah. But the sex is really good. We'll get to that. Yeah. Don't jump ahead. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to. But then, um, okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about the premise because the premise to me is, it's so similar to like everything that's out right now. And like an education professor falls in love with a consultant who holds the fate of her department in his hands. So... I know you already did a blurb that was more encompassing than that, but that was part of the review on Kirkus. And it's like, in anybody else's hands, this book would have just been overdone. And you you read so many things, and at the end, like, well, that that dark night, that eighty percent mark, where all is like, all is lost, and you, the breakup happens. Like, it was just stupid, <laughs> and. You know, the whole reason for her not getting together with him is stupid. Like, you have so many books with this premise. Oh, yeah. The, so you have a, a heroine who's not sure of herself. and But it's stupid because she has no reason. And she doesn't really, like, the author doesn't fully flesh her out as being, ang- like, anxious or social, socially inept or whatever it is. Um this book, like, there was nothing stupid about it. And I know that's, like, not, it's seemingly not great praise, but I'm seeing all these books that I think are incredibly stupid on, like, top 10 lists. So I feel like this is a book that should be on everybody's top 10 list. I agree with that. And all those other books need to get kicked out because they're just, like, (laughs) yeah, the sex might be good, but you can read erotica for that true you can watch porn for that (laughs) you don't you don't need just the sex to be good yeah or the main character saying the same bullshit they say in every single other book you don't you don't need that we have enough of that we need like we need good writing in this genre and this is this is part of it so well, with all that, yes, all the high praise, did anything not work for you in this book? I can kick this off if you need. I, yeah, because I don't think anything didn't work. I'm going to say the ending worked, yeah, but was a bit anticlimactic. And here's why. Like, okay. It tied up loose ends, which is great. I'm yeah. glad they did that. And- is it? I don't think there's anything that could be done about it. It's just there is a like a physical, and it might just be me, but there's a physical altercation with her with Davis, the abusive ex. Yeah, which we'll get into. I think right. Sure. We yeah we should talk about it. Yeah, and it was like an action scene. Yeah. And after that, it's just like the wind was out of my sails. Mm, yeah. Like I've been, I was waiting the whole like for for chapters and chapters and chapters. Like, are they going to get Davis? What are they going to do with Davis? Is he going to go to jail? It's not a suspense. I know, but it read like a suspense. That's, like, what is Davis yeah. going to do? What's this asshole going to do to her? Yeah. And then she beat the shit out of him. 
You know what? That's what like that's maybe the beef I have with that Kirkus review because they said like there are all these things that are just you know lurking in the background and she thought that the um like the whole Davis sub subplot should have been you know more at hand. Oh no, it was great. No, like, I thought it was great. It read like a thriller. Yeah. It's just like this subtle lurking darkness in her life and that gives her like does, this anchor that's weighing her this down Kirkus? that prevents her from living her full life. What I think it's great that it was so subtle. Yeah. Like I and I don't think it diminished the pacing. No. I think it like it helped. I think it drove it. Like you have this underground it's like the baseline of a song. Like it just drove it a little bit. And you don't I mean, most abuse is subtle. Yeah. And I I think that was I think that was a nod to, you know, the an abusive relationship. And you have the subtlety of that. Um manipulation happens so slowly and subtly that you don't you're not always aware that it's happening until you're in the thick of it and it turns it turns that like crosses that line into emotional and mental abuse. Yeah. Is this Kirk's review people like have no imagination? Uh, I just, I don't know who it is at Kirkus that reviewed it, but there's one reviewer there that I know of that I just, I pretty much never agree with her, um, with her, uh, perception of books. Like Mm -hmm. we just, we just don't like see eye to eye. Okay. Like very few books that I like that she likes. So, and it's fine. She has no idea who I am. Just like, yeah. the, just like the editor that I hate has no idea that I'm like ha- in a personal war with her. Yeah, because all of her books are like so terrible. At least in the beginning. Yeah. Um. All right. Was there like a character or a theme that you connected with? No. No, I I connected with Jake. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I related with him like 100%. Really? I think so. Well, I... We're both Eagle Scouts. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm like emotionally healthy. I like to think I am. Yes. I, I'm not a millionaire like he is. Yeah, that's that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I would really like it if you were a millionaire. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> Well, if anyone's going to make us millionaires, it's you, not me. <laughs> okay, I would really like it if I was a millionaire. She's stuck up there. She jumped on the top of a, what the hell is that thing called? It's a hutch. A hutch, and she can't get down. So She's and, just taking a bath and goes, going to go to bed up there. You think so? Yeah, and that's why, yeah. She takes a bath before she falls asleep. All right, I'll just leave her then. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, nobody, I really loved Naya, but I didn't relate to her, and I think that's, like, I mean, I am not the, I have very little confidence, especially, like, especially with, when it comes to men, like, I didn't know, I've never known how to flirt. (laughs) (laughs) I've never known like what even flirting is. So you do relate. Um, 
I relate to that aspect. Okay, I said, is there an aspect that you didn't relate? Yes, I relate to that <laughs> aspect. Um, I've never been like aware when people were flirting with me. Like, I don't know what to say in conversation. I don't know. Like, I didn't even know until I got married. I couldn't even like talk to a, another, uh, like a human male in any respect because I just thought they're going to think that I'm flirting with them and then they're going to like, you know, like be really like they're going to be so turned off that they think that I like them that they <laughs> that they uh they won't even have a conversation with me. So even if I like didn't like them whatsoever or if I liked them I just I couldn't talk to anybody until I got married and then now like men are just like normal people. Like I can talk to them. Yeah. And I'm well like, because there's no you don't have that uh, Yeah, it's like I have a wedding ring. Like obviously I'm not trying to like get you so I can talk to you now. And it's like, well, crap. Like, I could have had, like, you know, 50% more friends. <laughs> because, you could have found Because so these much, are just normal people. You could have found someone so much better. No, no. But <laughs> that is not what I think. That is not at all what I think. But I really think, like, well, that was not, that's not so hard to talk to a man. Like, he, like he's just another person. And I could, but I couldn't do that until I was married. <laughs> and I could flirting. No, never happened. So but, now you now you can upgrade. But also, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's been ten years. If I was gonna upgrade, like I've been talking to guys like they're humans for ten <laughs> years now. That would have happened. I would have upgraded if that was a thing that I cared to do. Ugh. Um. <laughs> So, yes, the flirting part, I really appreciate that she kind of didn't know what was going on. Um, I got to get this cat down. She wants to come down. But I don't, to me, I don't identify you as Jake. No. Because Jake was a lot more forward than you. She does not want to come down. Too bad. She's squawking. Um, yeah, Jake was a lot more forward to you. So there has to come a time, even in an awkward flirting environment or, f you know, situation where the guy, you know, like goes for it. <laughs> like, all right, we've done the flirting. Now let's actually clarify what's going on here. Well, to my defense... <laughs> <laughs> what defense do you possibly have? Because you never did that. When I met you, I was 25. Yes. So oh, maybe yes. That's at true. 35, yeah. it'd be different. That's true. <laughs> that's my defense. Okay. That's a good defense. <laughs> I get it now. and I, But I do really feel like I missed the boat. I do feel like I missed the boat because like, I never got that like expression of love. Sorry. Yeah. I was 25. I know. Because <laughs> it has to happen. Like in every romance, in every romance movie, it's like, you know, at, at one point, the guy has to like, you know, okay, let's stop with the bullshit and clarify our, you know, state our intentions for real. And 
That's <laughs> that's why I read romance. That's why I watch romance. And I never got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was good. Well, and and okay, so you got I have, something else? I have some quotes. I think I need to read some books, and I don't. You need to read some books. I need to. <laughs> Uh, need to read words. <laughs> so, so they're flirting. Yeah, they flirt at the bar. They do. That when Jake and when Jake and Naya meet, they're um. She says something, and I think she uh she rolls her eyes. She does something pretty subtle, and then the guy just who's sitting next to her at the bar, um, like cracks a silly dad joke. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then he, he kind of, he does one bigger, I think. And and she's a little bit more amused. Yes, that's the other thing. I tell dad jokes all the time. You do tell dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah, well, I, yeah, the they're whole, pretty equivalent to the, the whole the whole the week. cheese joke. The whole week, I had my hair was pretty long. My beard was very long. Yeah, and I had it drastically cut like yeah i look like a different person you do you look like you know only women should look like different people when they get their hair cut but and you every time you get your hair cut you look <laughs> like a different person and the whole week's like did you get a haircut like nope i got them all cut <laughs> oh my gosh i am so glad you didn't do that with me that makes me want to wring your neck <laughs> No, I got them all cut, not just one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I aggravate my students with these jokes too. It's not just you. That's what it's for, not yep. your coworkers and your wife. Um <laughs> No, it's for everybody. No. <laughs> it's better than no, I got my ears lowered. I don't like that one. I have my favorite author always says that whenever she gets a haircut, she posts it on Facebook and she's like, got my ears lowered. And it's like, now it's kind of like kind of cute, but because she always does it, but I'm probably the only one who notices that she always does it because she's not like a famous person. Yeah. And I'm probably her only stalker fan. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> I'm I'm not a I'm not a big drinker, mm-hmm. but every time we record, I have like two to four beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this time, I when we went to took Hank to McDonald's, he's he's not feeling too great. He's not eating, so we had to entice him with chicken some extra nuggets calories. or something. Yeah, I got a a large diet coke, mm-hmm. and then I had two beers. <laughs> So it's like, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know where that story was headed, but that—that's a good. Though that headed in there. If if you're wondering, what is that weird pause break? <laughs> like, I obviously I stopped the recording, but it's gonna feel weird. <laughs> yeah, and these are things other people edit out, but we just, you know, we're just raw. Yeah, I don't edit. <laughs> um. Okay, so I wanted to read some of the things that I'm talking about, and I. I don't have great examples. I'm sorry, but I have examples that really meant a lot to me. And so I'm just going to go ahead with them. Uh, so to lead into this quote, um, the couple meet at the bar. He tells cheesy dad jokes. 
she's old enough that she's like amused, not by the joke itself, but by the fact that he's. Yeah, we know they she, suck. Yeah, <laughs> but she's just you know she's she's uh I forgot the word. Oh my god, humoring him. Yeah, there thank you. you. Go. Oh my gosh, uh, That's she's humoring one. him. She like she chuckles a bit. Um, and then they they start having a conversation, and it's pretty great. And then she he finds out that she kind of got stood up by her friend who for good reasons. So she she's not waiting for anybody, and he's here in town for a wedding, and he doesn't know people, so he's new. He, like he just is at a bar, just you know, to pass time. Um, so he's. He suggests that they go somewhere else. And then he's like, uh, I'm not really. <laughs> they don't know where to go. That's the thing. That's part of the the reason I love this couple. Because, you know, in your 30s, you're 35 and you're 35. And like, what do you do? Like, what? What? Where do you go? You're at the bar. Like, usually, you know, you're married by 35. Uh not anymore. Still, that's the age that you're yeah. getting married. You're settling down. Probably like 70, 30% you're married. Um, I, and then, but, you know, if you meet somebody at the bar in your 20s, it's like, you know, the world is your oyster. Yeah. You go and you, you can go off and have an adventure that night. And, but it just seems kind of silly when you're 35. So she's like, we could go dancing <laughs> and you can tell like that there's they that both awkwardness don't want to do that <laughs> and then he's like i'm not really much of a club guy and she's like oh thank god i yeah. didn't want to do that <laughs> but you can tell it's just like it it i think it highlights the age of the characters and, which was a like a brilliant part of the writing yeah and it's it's not like she never had to say when you're 35, it's yeah. often awkward to know, like like a lesser author would do. And if you're in your 30s or over, you get it. Yeah. If you're not, you're going to have to read this fucking book again when you're in your 30s. <laughs> yes. To, for yeah. you to get it. And it's just not for you to get right now. Yeah, I really do. I do think this is a romance for people in their 30s, which I appreciate. 30s and up. Um. Because I'm almost out of my 30s. so Freaking Gen Zers. Gen C? G- Z. Z-O. Z. Yes. Um, so they end up going to Navy Pier, I think. Or is that their second date? I think that's their second date. I don't remember. Uh, they go... Oh, no. They go to the top of that tall building in Chicago. <laughs> the, the Willis Tower? I don't know. Is that what it is? Where they have the tilty thing? That's what it is now. Okay. You, if it, you don't it know it, it's the Sears, Sears Tower. Tower, but it's the Willis Tower oh. now. Oh, okay. I thought they had built a new building. No. Okay. The Sears Tower is now the Willis Tower. All right. So they go to the top of that and they do the tilty lean forward thing and they keep having gin and tonics. <laughs> so they're getting drunk and they're tilting forward. Yeah. <laughs> hundreds of feet in the air. And then he admits afterwards, like... Oh, he's looking at her the whole time. The the thing is tilting. He's just, you know, not, not looking, like not like a death stare. He's being subtle about it, but he's like 
he's playing it off as though like I can't take my eyes off of you, but really it's because he's petrified of heights. heights. Yeah. Which is I I I don't want to ever do that, and I'm not that scared of heights. Oh, I so. wanted to do that when I was reading it. Oh, I don't. Wanna... <laughs> I'll watch I might you. be the only one because you know Hank's not going to want to do it. Oh, no, I yeah, Hank and I will just you know have fun, Daddy. Uh, so, but he he does like she just there's something about this woman because she's the one um, that like he's willing to do these things. He's willing to um, pull, get himself out of his own irrational fear mind. That doesn't make sense. But you know what I mean. Um, so then after that, they come down from the tower. And I think she's kind of like really turned on by the fact that he is afraid of heights. And he did this thing with her. And that was really cool because that means a lot. Yeah. Um, she's like, and I think she's thinking I must be really special if he's willing to, you know, go out on a limb this far for me. And that's another thing. Denise Williams doesn't have to write her thinking I must be special because he was willing to do this. <laughs> but yeah, how often is that in every other romance book? Do you know what, you know what it is and that what we appreciate what her doing? She's not insulting our intelligence. Exactly. Like exactly. Like the other books are doing. Yes. You don't have to show us what the character's feeling and doing and then tell us what the character's feeling and doing. You can pick one or the other. Uh, so she gets, she's really turned on by that and she gets bold and she, she asks to go back to his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... And he's like, he is all in and like, yes, of course, I want this. I really do. And <laughs> so they do. And so he's trying to unlock his hotel room door and he's fumbling with that key card because those are stupid. And she's she's thinking. So I'm. this is where the quote starts. Does he have protection? Will he care that my bra and panties don't match? Do you cuddle after a one night stand? I really like that one because she she's. Set on having a one night stand, which was on her her challenge her, list. Yeah, from her Felicia and Aaron. Yes, um, but she doesn't even she doesn't know how to do it. It's like not <laughs> even like I don't know the rules of a one night stand. It's like she doesn't know the mechanics of a one night stand, which is which I like. Um, and then she continues, thank God I shaved my legs this morning. Wait, did I? <laughs> and then... I chuckled out of part two. Um, that, I, that's the something, like, I. that's what I think. Like, not, you know, before my one night stands, but, like, that's how my brain works. So, um, the green light finally flashed and he opened the door, something fluttering in my chest as we stepped inside and he flicked on the light. What now? And then, so you have this other awkward moment, like, okay, you said yes, you expressed consent, you've you've gone back to his hotel room, he's opened the door, you were kissing up until then, but now that the door is open, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Like, how, mm, do you continue kissing? It's like, they just don't know what to do for a minute. Um, so she sort of stands there awkwardly and then, and then he like, he grabs her and then he starts kissing her. So it's, so he has to take charge a bit because she's just, 
she has stuff in her past that prevents her from doing this. Plus, she's, you know, she's not a one night stand type of person. No, and he isn't either. And he, yeah, exactly. He just, this is what's great about Jake is that, you know, this is why I don't like cocky guys because a, a cocky guy. Oh, cocky is a hockey? What? No. <laughs> no, cocky guys. I'm so, a hockey guy. <laughs> I don't like cocky guys. Because if a guy is like cocky, acting cocky in a bar, and he just met you, that tells you like he is so aware of his own like, not even sexual prowess. He's, he's, mm, and it doesn't matter how much sex he's had. It's just like the sex is all about him. Like, he knows he's going to get what he wants out of it. But if a guy is cocky once he finds that one girl that he can be cocky with, like, then it's all about her. Doesn't that turn into confidence at that point? Yeah. And you can act a little bit cockier in bed. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Not a fan of cocky guys. Um. I just had that conversation with a friend of mine and uh, I don't know. I'm still like, I'm still feeling it. Is she digging her claws mm-hmm. into you? She's needing me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, so then she's still, she doesn't know what's happening. And she asks, uh, so do you still want and her words trail off? And, and this is what I love. His wordless reaction to my question was immediate. He slanted his lips in t- against mine, and the wet tip of his tongue swept over me with a slow, controlled pace, seeking entry. And his erection, goddamn, his erection, imposing and wedged against my hip, twitched. Like, I love it. So this is what I mean. Like, it's not like cockiness. It's like he just really wants her. Well, it is cockiness. <laughs> Dad joke, boom. <laughs> Come on. You yes, set, I know. You, you no. set him up, I knock him down. Come on. No, I don't like dad jokes because it's like, what you what you have to say is just a joke. I don't like it. No, you're going too far. I'm not going too far. You go too far, woman. <laughs> I, but no, that's why. No, I don't like dad jokes for that reason. It just made me realize it. I don't care about what you just did. That's fine. But I don't like dad jokes because it's like you're saying something serious. You make a stupid, ridiculous, unthoughtful joke. And then like it takes all the wind out of the person's sails. So do you even care about what I was saying? No, you just wanted to like knock them down. Anyway, it's not. It's not cockiness as a personality trait. He just likes her that much. And that is the moment in every romance novel that is the perfect moment. And she can do it, you know, just with his hips. Like, he just presses his hips a little bit into her. Like, so, because, I mean, he's drunk and he says, "I yeah, I definitely want to. I'm just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm thinking, oh, God, now we're getting into consent issues. Never this came is, up. This is interesting. What's going to happen? And she's drunk, too. Uh, 
and uh or did it come up I don't so remember. they're no so they're both drunk and like they're kissing and they think they're gonna do this thing and they're both into it but it's like can you really be into it if you're that drunk and you're obviously gonna probably regret it the next morning because it's a book and that's where this is headed but it's not it didn't head that way it headed with naya rushing to the bathroom puking in his toilet <laughs> so so uh Yes. So that is how bad she is at the one night stand that she gets too drunk and <laughs> throws up in the toilet. But he's still like really he's nice. He's not too nice. He's just like he's the right amount of nice. He gives her her space. But I think he does end up holding her hair back. Yeah. So and that's another I mean, hard you kinda thing. You kind of have to if you're the only other person in the room. I don't want my hair held back. If I'm puking in the toilet, I can hold my own hair back. I don't understand. I've never understood that. You got to at least offer. Okay. Also, also, I get pukey drunk really fast because I, I go from tipsy to vomiting. There's like, there's no, I'm wasted and not like, so I vomit really fast. <laughs> this is really gross. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, I just like two beers and then puking. And I, it's like I'm not even that drunk that I have to puke. I just have really sensitive stomach yeah. to alcohol. You do. So, um, yeah, I don't feel – yeah. So maybe that's because I never, like, get so sloshingly wasted that I can't hold my own hair back when I'm puking. When I'm puking, I'm, like, perfectly sentient still. I just – my stomach has that reaction. You're just sick. I'm just sick. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, 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 so yeah, that's the end of that, that ness. I have another quote and I'm looking for it in these, in these two pages that I bookmarked. So you can continue on. Well, I, I need you to be done with your quote so I can move on to the next thing. I, I don't think this is the same all right. Well, if you if you find one, we yeah. can always we can always circle back. How they say in the circle back around, like uh, corporate talk. Oh, God, uh, what what is the consultant talk? We'll circle back to this. Um, so we're we're gonna try something new. So okay. I had an idea. I was driving to work. I was like, man, I need to write this down. But I, so I didn't forget it. So I said, what if I were to give advice to the hero as a friend? Yeah, like. Do it advice. Okay. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so this one was hard because Jake is really emotionally stable. Yeah. Like he would probably be the, be the guy giving out advice. Yeah. Not getting it. Yeah. And also the issue with Naya and Jake, their dark night is she's not 100% forthcoming with Davis. Right. And that's her business. She doesn't have to be forthcoming with that. And he, Jake has to be somewhat secretive. He can't be completely wide open about her job because his company holds it's her com- job exactly. in their hands. So with that information, if I was his friend, I'd be like, dude, you, you just need to move on here. Yeah, that's what I would tell him. Move like move away from her? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That would be bad advice. They're faded mates. 
they meant from to the, be together. From the outside looking in, like from the reader's perspective, but as a friend, and I just have the information he's giving me. Yeah. How she, she like their dark soul of night, she was pretty unreasonable. How so? I think you have to describe the dark. dark Can you do that? No. <laughs> well, they had a conversation on a balcony, on his balcony or something. Yeah. And it was about the work, her her job, and what they're finding. And he wanted to. He couldn't tell her everything, obviously, like you just said. Yeah. But he's like, you know, we've been, you're, we've been talking about your department, and it's doesn't bring in revenue. And she like jumped down his throat about everything because she thinks he should stand up for her no matter what, and he can't. But and at the same time, she doesn't want him to because she wants you know her department to stand on its own merit. So I think. So what she, the hell is he supposed to do? Yeah, I know. I think I think she is being unreasonable because she's she's taking out this like her life is sort of like on this precipice she loves her job she loves teaching teachers how to teach math and she she knows her department is has been kind of uh not the joke of the school but not 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 as important as not looked at not looked at with the importance it should be looked at exactly and um and he comes in and he says look i he yeah it's kind of a problem that I, that we're in this relationship and um uh like my company is in charge of whether or not your department gets cut but i'm not personally in charge the my partner my partner is personally in charge and uh so i think we can make it worth work and i'm going to <sighs> I'm going to um, talk to HR as soon as I get back to the the company. All right. So if I'm Tyson or Eric, who Tyson and or Eric, his his friends in North Carolina. Oh, the couple. Oh yes, I forgot about them. Yeah, they were cool. They I were like very them. cool. They're they were planning a wedding. Yeah, through the book, their yeah. wedding. Yes. And uh, I don't. You know, now that you say that. Uh, I would tell like let's like let's look at these things. You're yeah. in a long distance relationship. Strike one. Yeah. Probably a conflict of interest with work. Like even Definitely. though you're selling saying all yes. these things to try to like make yourself feel if better you about have it. To, if you have to notify HR, it's a conflict of yeah. interest. So conflict three, irrational response to your news. Very irrational. And not, irrational, not, no, but no, no, no. not not her reaction is totally warranted because it's her livelihood. Yes, but she wouldn't listen to him. True, to a point where she went in her room, locked the door, and cried, and didn't like want to talk to him anymore. That's irrational. But if you're all in, I think the hard part is like you have to think about the kind of advice you would give somebody who's in it for the long haul versus somebody who's just starting out a new relationship okay and i think yes they're just starting out but they're so they're so in it and like 
they feel so strongly about each other. Like you wouldn't give a married couple the same the same advice you'd give somebody who was dating for two weeks. No. Like you give somebody dating for two weeks, you're like just cut your losses, man, before yeah. you're in it. I don't but think, he's already in it. I don't think they're two weeks either. They're they're I think it's a couple months. Couple months. But on the other hand, I would say all right, dude, you've like these are things that are stacked up against you. Mm-hmm. But no, you haven't talked about anybody like you've talked about this person. Like, yeah. I haven't seen you more happy. Right. Right now than you've been since you've met Naya. Yeah. So you need to figure out like there obviously there's something underneath what's going on and you need to talk to her about what it is. Yeah. If she'll even return your calls. And she she needs I don't I wouldn't say she's like she's the point where you cut her off. No, but you probably give her space for a while. And and she needs a little bit of extra TLC because of her past. I think. But I don't think she it's she's going to require a ridiculous amount of it. What? So I think she will require a little bit more of a cushion or like a soft hand when dealing with her. So I, I think, I don't know. I'm not giving him advice because this is your section. But if I would give him advice, it's, yeah, the same thing. Kind of like back off a little bit. And also... She he... will see ration, rationally yeah. what how pieces need to fall together. Yeah, you need to let it cool down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, you know, like text her that you're thinking about her, but don't push anything. Also, mm-hmm. and don't do it every day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like once or twice a week. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Just hope you're all right. That's all you need to say. Also, he drunkenly texted her. Yes. And called her on her bullshit. Like, <laughs> sh- nailed it yeah but was drunk so kind of like defeated the purpose and he was a little bit mean about it right well he was drunk so i know that doesn't count i know but he said but it does count it doesn't count he was drunk no it does count because when you're drunk you know you just say the things that you think all the other times the meanness doesn't count but what i think it does Mm, i don't I would, I would, I wouldn't uh, hold it against somebody if they drunk texted me something mean. Um, but he said, "Look, I offered to for us to hang out with your friends, and you said no." Yeah. Or not said no, but like you didn't do it. So you're you're not as committed as you think you are to this. Yeah. Like you're keeping me at a distance. Yep. I mean, and if he told me that, I said, dude, you shouldn't have drunk texted her. (laughs) Probably not a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) But you're right. And you called her out on it and let her marinate on it. Yeah. Give her space. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. All my friends are married. I don't get to give this advice anymore. Well, this is a good outlet for you then. All, no, not all my friends are married, but the one friend that isn't married is never getting married. Yeah. So. Right. This is like, I don't need to give him advice. He's a cat's on a different wavelength. 
All right. So the fun part, I think this is what all the listeners come for. The book boner <laughs> level. And the Scoville The level. Scoville level. So one to 10 book boner, like one being Dr. Seuss, nothing in it. <laughs> and 10 this is, being this is Sarah how, Simone. This is how we feel about it. Yeah. Eight. I would agree with uh, 8.2. Okay. 8.2. The eight's a rookie score. 8.2. I'm good with a rookie score. It's a solid eight. There's not, like, there's sex in it. It's steamy. And it's, it's not. Tasteful. Yeah. I mean, I think even, like, a lot more descriptive sex is tasteful as well, or it can be. Uh, and I'm a person who's fine with closed door, too. I know. I know. I'm not. I want to see them doing it because <laughs> that's like, that's the expression of love in these books. Yeah. I want to see them express their love to each other. So um, I, I feel like even the first time they had sex, it was a true expression of love. It wasn't like they're having raunchy sex and then loving sex because their love grew. I, I really like it from the very, like the very beginning, like, it, even just like the non-sex scenes, even like the, you know, the puking scene, like I really like it's all about the ex like his expression of how much she means to him and vice versa. So and that is the hottest thing to me. It's not about like the acts that you do. Yeah. It's, it's about how how they express your your affection for the other person. So, yeah. All right. Scoville level. How hot were the scenes? Two. So, bell pepper, jalapeno, habanero, and like super hot is Carolina Reaper. I think jalapeno. Jalapeno, they weren't that hot? No. They weren't. Yeah, that's about right. All right. <laughs> but you know what? And I feel like the lower the... Like I probably... Like if I have a book boner level that's an eight, it's probably not going to be above a three or a whatever. What what is it? So we what? Call? What would get a Scotch bonnet? Something that really turns me off. <laughs> ropes have come. Yes. Yeah, that's how I think of it. Like the more graphic. I just read another Sierra Simone short story slash short. Uh, it was like a short novella. It was in the Duke I like to f <laughs> anthology, and I thought, well, this has a lot of really good authors. Is that what it's called? That or is the word actually in there? No, that's what it's called. That's the published title. Okay. But, yeah, um, <laughs> and it's uh, Joanna Shoup. Adriana Herrera, um, Sierra Simone, and some other two other authors, and I hadn't read like four of those authors, and they're major authors. So I thought, well, this is a good way for me to experience a little bit, a little taste of these writers that everyone talks about that I've never read. So, but I first start, I started with the first one, and it was Sierra Simone's, and I just. <sighs> Like it's Sierra Simone, like the Scoville level is Carolina Reaper because of like the actual things that they're doing and how much they're into it. Yeah. But there's so much <laughs> 
non-sexual things that are being sexualized, it is a huge turnoff to me. Yeah. So, and when you're like including other people, like, yeah, that's Carolina Reaper level, like, scorchiness, but that is like book boner level zero <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm that's, like that's, anything that's non monogamous is gonna get a zero for and me that's your because that's not. Too. So, so for for you listeners, like. Your book boner level might be 10. Your Scoville level might be Carolina Reaper. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Well, I mean, Pride and Prejudice, like, that's, like, the hottest book to me because, like, it's all about Mr. Darcy's profession of love. It's a bell pepper. There's, like, like, no kissing in it. Yeah. There's nothing. It's just, like, but you can feel how much this guy loves that's her. That's not even, like, a bell pepper. It's, like, an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so but that's like the that's the hottest thing. So that gets book boner level five, and I think or ten, whatever it is. I think this is a great place to end it. I agree, and we thank you for listening. Don't forget, let's get those one hundred ratings by June first. We can do it. Yes, we can do it. And until next week, and click subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. What? what? Oh, yeah, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. All right. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Give us that five-star rating. Let's get 100 by June 1st. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. We can do it. And we'll take the aggregate. We'll take we'll take from wherever we can get it. If they all add up to 100, that's a win. That's a win for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.